Hello and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. Welcome everybody. Again, my name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, really glad to, thank you guys. Really glad to have everyone here today. Um, I'm having trouble with my cable. There we go. Okay. Um, so I did want to give an update on our chairs. Uh, for those of you that are new, um, these chairs are not our, our plan for our final chairs. We've actually decided to buy new chairs. And so we've had a fund that we've been trying to raise money for. And we're up to 141 chairs out of 175. So we're getting really, really close to having all of the money uh, to pay for those chairs. Now, just so you guys know, if we were going to have these chairs before Christmas, I had to order them. So I went ahead and ordered the chairs, and they're arriving tomorrow. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah. So we're going to have um, several. I mean, all these chairs will be showing up tomorrow at 1230. If you're available and want to help us unload the semi, you're welcome to do that. I'd appreciate that. Um, the chairs are $50 each, and if you want to help us um, buy, you know, pay for a couple of these chairs because we, we use some funds out of a, uh, another fund to make sure that we could cover all of the chairs. Um, so we'd appreciate that. You can just give towards the building fund. And I think I've got a little bit of a hum, Jason. And the other thing is if you want to help us today after service, we are going to be taking all of these chairs out. Okay, and uh, making room for the new ones. So uh, Ron Betzer will be leading that parade. So just ask Ron what you need to do. I think it's just a matter of stacking them and, and taking them out into the other room. Okay, another thing I wanted to give you an update on. I've been working really hard with Westside Elementary, which is the school right across the street, and, uh, and, and met with the principal two weeks ago, met with a social worker this week, and saying, is there anything that we can do to be a help to the children uh, of Westside? Because this is the poorest uh, elementary school in Concord school system. And so there are definitely families that are in need over there. And so uh, I went over there and talked to them this week, and they said that there's about 10 families that would really appreciate us helping them out, buying them some Christmas presents, some food, things like that. And so we are going to be adopting those uh, families this next couple of weeks uh, before Christmas. And they weren't able to give me the names yet, so they're going to be calling the families. They, they didn't want me just calling them out of the blue. They want to call and get permission. And so we'll get probably at least half of those families will uh, give us permission. And then I'm going to be handing those names out to anyone that wants to buy them Christmas presents, buy them a meal. And I'll give you more information if you're interested. So if you would like to participate in adopting some of the, the families from Westside Elementary for Christmas, just send me an email, uh, uh, probably today or tomorrow, because we'll be we should be getting those names uh, tomorrow or Tuesday. So my email is on your handout. It's just clint at lighthousevineyard.church. Okay, let me pray for the offering. So Father, we come to you and we just thank you for the generosity of everyone here, God. We thank you for uh, their willingness to help us out, Father. And uh, we pray that you would bless them for their generosity, Lord. Uh, I pray that you would also give our leadership team wisdom to know how to best utilize your funds to further your kingdom, God. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we are in a series right now.
called Christmas Unwrapped. We started it out last week. Uh, receiving God's gifts for us. And it's based on the scripture from James 1.17 that says, Every good and perfect, perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. And so last week, we kicked off the series by talking about the church. This message was titled, The Church Unwrapped, Receiving the Gift of Belonging. And we had two points uh, related to it. It said we should connect with the church because it brings community and it helps us grow. And uh, two of the ways that you can really get connected here at Lighthouse is to join a team, to start doing some of the family chores, you remember that, and then to join a home group. And so if you're interested in either one of those, or you just want to get more connected in the church, I would encourage you to fill out the Connect card and check one of those boxes, because that's how we're going to develop community here at Lighthouse. But today we're going to be talking about another gift. I'm excited about it. We're going to be unwrapping another gift. But I wanted to start out by explaining why I brought this stuff up here on the stage. So if you know me and, and, and get to know me for, for very long, you'll find out that I really like to backpack. That's one of my favorite things to do is to throw in a backpack, fill it full of supplies, and head into the wilderness for sometimes just a, a, one night, sometimes it's for a week. Um, but one of the things you learn along the way is that you want to take light things, okay? Because the packs get really heavy uh, as you move along. So um, having a, a campfire every night is really important if you're backpacking. And uh, so you need a saw to go along with it. So I have the Sven saw. That's the name of it. It's Sven saw. And this is a wonderful tool. It's very light. It goes into your backpack pretty easily. And uh, it's fairly easy to put together. Um, I don't know if I can do it with all of you watching or not, but we'll try. So um, you take that out into the wilderness and uh, it allows you to cut up firewood so you can have a good, good campfire at night. And so when I go into the wilderness with a bunch of guys, the way it works out is we've been, a lot of times we've been canoeing or, or hiking all day, and so we're tired, and we get to the campsite, and before we can set up the tents, we have to get the whole campsite ready. And so they go and grab a bunch of fallen logs and, and bring that, that wood up to the camp, and they set it down, and then we just start hacking you know, cutting that wood, you know? So you just, you get a piece of wood and you just start going at it. And uh, after a while, it starts to get tiring, you know? And you just keep going through because other guys are there and you don't want to look weak. And so you just keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And you get done and then you hand the saw to the next guy and then he goes over and then he cuts through a piece and, and cuts through another piece. And after about an hour or so, you're able to cut through all of the firewood and you have enough firewood to get through the night. So um, we do that. I've done that for years. Enjoy it. It works out really well. But then uh, two summers ago, my wife Rose also likes to backpack. And so she was leading a women's trip up into northern Michigan. And so me and a couple of husbands decided we're going to be you know, helpful to our wives. And so we drove up there with them and got them started. So they hiked in about three miles and set up camp. And then we actually drove in to a campsite, which was going to be their second night's campsite. And so they were going to hike in, spend the night. And then the next day, they were going to hike about, I don't know what it was, 12, 12 miles 
to come to the site where we were at. And so the good news was that there was actually a trail that you could drive your car right up to the campsite, that second one. And so we drove up to the campsite and uh, we set up the tents and we were getting the site ready for them, kind of reserving it for them as well. And we said, well, let's, let's cut some wood for them. Well, the thing is, is that we were car camping. There's a difference between car camping, right, and backpacking. Car camping, you can bring anything you want. You can bring coolers. You can bring electric whatever, you know, radios, all that kind of thing. And one of the beauties is that you can take a chainsaw. All right? So we took the chainsaw out there. Now I took the blade off, so you guys are, are nervous right now. Don't worry about it. All right. So we took the chainsaw out there. We took the wood. We found it, gathered it up at the campsite. And really, in a matter of like five minutes, I mean, we cut enough wood to last for our night and for the girls the next night. I mean, we had a ton of wood, and there was going to be leftover. It took us really about five minutes to do that. All right. And no, I'm not going to start it. I was really wanting to start it, but I'm not going to. OK? So now, what's, what was the difference between these two? This worked. We cut firewood. You know, it works every time. We cut firewood. And it takes a lot of effort. You know, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time. But this power tool over here didn't take a lot of effort. Didn't take a lot of time. It was actually kind of fun, and it got things done really, really quick, right? So hold that thought. Because I grew up, I grew up Mennonite in a Mennonite church, and I love the Mennonite church. I love my upbringing. I was taught the Bible really well. I was taught to memorize the Bible. I was taught how to apply the Bible to my life. But there was something that they didn't talk about at the Mennonite church, and it is the Holy Spirit. It's the third part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they didn't talk about it. So I went through life and, you know, got things done as a Christian, worked really hard at being a Christian, and was able to cut through wood and, and make fires, you know, spiritually. It was able, I was able to do that. But later on, I went to a charismatic church. And a charismatic church, for those of you that don't know, is a church that really emphasizes the Holy Spirit. Some of them are, are called charismaniac churches. I mean, they kind of go way over the top. But a charismatic church recognizes the Holy Spirit uh, within the church body. And so that's when I was first introduced to this concept of the Holy Spirit. At the Mennonite church, they actually taught... Uh, they were going through 1 Corinthians and got to chapter 12 where they talk about the gifts of the Spirit. And I remember this because the pastor read through it and went on. <laughs> Didn't actually talk about it at all. Just kind of read through it. It's in the Bible, but never discussed it. So then I'm at this charismatic church and I'm uh, being introduced to the Holy Spirit. And it was so cool. I was I was feeling things that I hadn't felt before. I was able to do things that I hadn't been able to do before. I received some of those supernatural gifts that are listed in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. And I realized that having the power tool of the Holy Spirit helped me to do things in ministry quicker and faster than if I was just doing it by myself. 
Now, living out our Christian walk in today's society and our culture is not easy. Just ask any of our uh, young adults, any of our college students, any of our high schoolers, and you'll see there's becoming more and more of an animosity towards religious beliefs and towards Christians. And I do believe that's going to be harder and harder as time goes by. Uh, it's predicted in the Bible, and it's just something that we have to be prepared to handle. And so because of that, I think that making right decisions, um, hearing God's voice, praying powerful prayers are going to become even more and more important in our faith walk. And the good news is that the Holy Spirit is available to each one of us to help us live out our Christian faith. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to go through some scriptures. I'm going to be reading a lot of scriptures today that talk about and introduce this concept of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to start in the book of John, where Jesus first mentions the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be in chapter 14 to start out. And John is speaking to his disciples. And verse 15, he says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, which is also translated as counselor, to help you and be with you forever. The Spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And then he goes on a few verses later to describe some of the things that the Holy Spirit will do for us. In verse 25, he says, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me to have God teaching me, have the Holy Spirit teaching me of all things and reminding me of Jesus' words. And then later uh, in, verse, in chapter 16, Jesus says that he must go so that he can send the Holy Spirit. But verse 7, he says, But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And now, if I was one of the disciples who had been there with Jesus, you know, for those three years watching all the things that Jesus did, it would be hard for me to get my mind around this concept that it's better to have Jesus leave and have the Holy Spirit than to have Jesus stay here with us. But that's what Jesus is saying. The Holy Spirit is better than having Jesus in the flesh here with us. And that's true even today. Corey Ten Boom said this, she's quoted as saying, trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is the most confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. But when you are, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, then the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. See, the Holy Spirit is a power tool to help us live out our Christian walk. But I'll be honest with you, in today's church, it's one of the most controversial topics that are out there. There are a couple other ones, but the Holy Spirit has been a controversial topic for many, many years. And churches have split over this topic. You might have been part of a church that has split over that topic. And I understand that because I've been at churches where somebody stood up and said a prophecy to the whole church that really was kind of meaningless 
And then that person would say it again the next week, and the next week, and the next week, and it was kind of pointless. It didn't seem like a prophetic word to me. I've also been in churches where the pastor was teaching, like I'm teaching right now, and somebody stood up and started yelling out in another language, just babbling in tongues. And it just was awkward. You know, it was weird. And nobody interpreted it. He just sat down, and we went on. It was kind of weird. And then, yeah, yeah, some of you have been in that church, haven't you? <laughs> and I've been in a church where, where the, when the power of God would come over you, it's, it's, it's possible that you would fall down. It does happen. It's, it's, that's scriptural. It's happened in my life. But I've been in churches where that's an expectation. If I'm going to pray for you, then you're going to fall down. And so I would go up. I went up for prayer, and I had someone lay their hand on my head and try to shove me down. You ever had that? Well, I don't know about you, but I don't fall down in those cases. I kind of like, whoa, and I kind of push harder, you know, back in. Needs to say, I didn't receive much from God when we're having a little power struggle up on the stage. Well, guys, I don't want to be like one of those churches. I don't think any of you want to be in a church that's like that. The safe thing to do is to be more like the Mennonite church that I grew up in, you know, which is just safe. We just don't talk about the Holy Spirit. We don't mention it. That's, that's the safe thing, to try not to lean into the gifts of the Spirit. Because people are imperfect. We've already mentioned that. We mentioned that last week, that you know, the gift of the church is community, but it's full of a bunch of people who are imperfect. So we're going to cause issues. And it's true with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works through people. And they're imperfect. But guys, that's not how I live my life. I don't just put the Holy Spirit in a box. I rely on the Holy Spirit to guide me. And when I pray for you, I'm, I'm, I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to give me wisdom and discernment. I'm counting on the Holy Spirit to, to work through me. When I pray prayers of healing over somebody, it's, it's an expectation that the Holy Spirit is going to work through me. And I did receive the gift of speaking in tongues many, many years ago. And that's been helpful for me because there are times when I don't know how to pray. But scripture says that when we don't know how to pray, the Spirit of God can pray through us. And so my spirit can pray when I don't know how to pray. And there are those times. And so I, I appreciate that. So this is, this is important to me. It's important to how I live out my Christian walk. And so as a pastor, I can be really safe and say, I'm going to keep all these gifts to myself. I'll be the pastor using them. And, but you all just don't because I want it to be a safe place. Or, or I can do my best to help you to grow in the gifts of the Spirit as well and to try to figure out how do we do that in church? How do we do that in small groups? Things like that, which might be a little messy at times. Um, and I know that there are some former Baptists here who are having a hard time sitting in your seats right now. But I just say, hang in there with me, because this is a journey that we're going to take. I've, I've been to a lot of churches. I've been to very, very few churches that have managed and allowed the Holy Spirit to, to be active and, and not be weird, you know? And I want to be in one of those churches where the Holy Spirit is allowed to move and, and, and flow through us and, and move supernaturally. John Wimber is the, noted as the father of the Vineyard Movement. 
And he really pressed into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he said, he's noted as saying, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. And honestly, if we're going to press into uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to have to take a few risks. You know, I, as a lead pastor, we're going to have to be willing to take a few risks. Um, but I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it. So my hope is that we as a church will tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, not in a weird or scary way, but that it would just become part of our life, part of the DNA of the church. There's another saying in the Vineyard Movement that says when we move in the Holy Spirit, it should be just naturally supernatural. And because the Holy Spirit moves supernaturally, it's not normal. It's supernatural. So we want it to be just a natural part of what we do. Now, in today's scripture, uh, we're going to be reading a section where the Holy Spirit was first given to the disciples. So we read the section where Jesus says, hey, I'm going to go and I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. All right. Um, now we're going to read the section where the Holy Spirit actually comes. It's pretty exciting. So it's in Acts We'll be starting, and we'll be reading several scriptures, but we'll be in chapter 1. Now, Acts is really a sequel to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are telling the story of Jesus' life, and then Acts goes on to talk about what happens after Jesus leaves. It's, it's the second act, the Acts of the Disciples. So in verse 4, we're going to start out where Jesus is still with them. It's before he he's risen from the dead, but he hasn't risen to heaven yet. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. It says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then jumping down to verse 8, he says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So you can kind of picture this. Jesus has already said, I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to send you this really cool gift called the Holy Spirit. And he's telling them again, Hank, just wait. Don't go anywhere. Just, just wait here in Jerusalem. I'm going to go back to the Father, and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. That's the whole message. And so then Jesus is taken up to heaven. The disciples are all hanging out together in Jerusalem. And in chapter 2, verse 1, this is called the day of Pentecost. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So there's quite a commotion. This huge wind has come down. All these disciples are starting to babble in another language. You know, it's kind of this weird thing that's happening. And then uh, all the people in the town gather around because they're trying to figure out what's going on. So Peter steps up and he addresses the crowd. He says in verse 14, then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, 
as you suppose. So that's what they thought. They thought it was just this party that had gone wild, right? It's only nine in the morning. I thought that was just interesting. <laughs> Making his point. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. All is a key word there, guys, on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Peter went on to preach his first message, which was incredibly powerful because he was enabled by the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people found salvation that day. So today's message is titled, The Holy Spirit Unwrapped, Receiving the Gift of Supernatural Power. And my goal for today is to introduce some of you to the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit for the first time. And to others of us is to remind us of this power tool that we have available, but we gotta, we gotta tap into it. We gotta be able to reach into it. So I'll get started in just a minute, but... In this series, one of the things we're doing is we're giving away things uh, every week. So, Tony, come on up. Tony's my Vanna White. That's who he is today. <laughs> you know, Vanna moves a little quicker, Tony, you know. So. She probably doesn't sit in the back either. So <laughs> that's probably I think it's true. I think that's true. <laughs> All right. So who wasn't here last week? Just show of hands. So, sorry to tell you guys, we gave away some t-shirts. We did. And you guys don't get any. Can you show it? Can you show us a t-shirt? Okay, so here's the shirt. I'm kidding. You guys actually do get the t-shirts. <laughs> so, if you weren't here, if you raise your hand again, he's going to walk around and, and pass out uh, those coupon tickets so that you can get your shirts. You got two there? All right, who else? Here we go. Okay, so... Hello? Okay. So the deal is, after service, there's a table set up over by the, um, the water fountain. If you have your ticket this week, you can go and get your shirt. Single file, please. Lines. Thanks. Um, if you don't have it this week, we are giving them out until Christmas. So just make sure you bring your, your, your ticket next week. Now, this week, we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. So what do you guys think we're giving away? The Holy Spirit. <laughs> Chainsaws, right? So we went to Home Depot. I'm just kidding. So <laughs> we're actually giving away power bars. So this is, uh, what is this? Chocolate chip. Who wants this one? I hit somebody. Nice. Okay. Nice. And we also have crunchy peanut butter. Who wants this one? I don't know. Okay. So the deal with those, after service, on your way out, there'll be ushers handing them out. So you just tell them which flavor you want. And that is this week's gift. Oh, t-shirts will be $10. If you want an extra t-shirt, if you don't have a ticket uh, throughout the, the series, those will be 10 bucks. if you want an extra one to give to somebody. But what if they forgot their ticket this week? If they forgot it, they have to bring it back either next week or the week after. All right. Or, Up until Christmas. Or give us 10 bucks. Or All give right. us 10 bucks. <laughs> that works too. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. 
All right, so make sure you come back next week. We'll have another gift, and we'll see what Tony has to give us. <laughs> All right, well, let me pray. Let me pray for the uh, service real quick. So, God, we come to you, and we just thank you for this topic. We thank you for your scripture. We thank you for your word. I pray that you would give us your wisdom and your discernment. And Holy Spirit, we do invite you here to minister to our hearts, even while I teach today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so you can fill this in on your handout if you would like. We have two points for you. We should want the gift of the Holy Spirit because, number one, he equips us with supernatural power. We kind of alluded to this already. So one of the primary purposes of the Holy Spirit is to equip us with supernatural power. I talked about the difference between the power saw and manual saw. And um, when we have the Holy Spirit helping us out, we can do supernatural things. So let's, let's talk about Peter's life to start with, okay? So Peter receives the Holy Spirit at Pentecost in chapter 2. And then immediately in chapter 3, we pick up on Peter's life, starting with verse 1. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money, jumping down to verse 6. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. So Peter was not a doctor in the midst of this, right? He wasn't able to heal the person by his own being. He was able to do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. So that was one of those first acts of supernatural power. Here's another example. Ananias and Sapphira, going to chapter 5. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. In this section, there are many people who are selling land and giving their, their money to the disciples. And with his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land. See, how did Peter know that? Peter knew that through a supernatural gift called words of knowledge. He might have known it through discernment. He could tell that the person was lying. Jumping down to verse 5, it says, When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died, and great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Now, his wife comes in and actually says the same lie, and she falls down and dies. So there's a lot of, like, whoa, this Holy Spirit is pretty powerful moving through these disciples. Now, here's another scripture, uh, verse 12 of chapter 5. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. I mean, Peter's, the power of the Holy Spirit is working so powerfully in his life that even people thought that his shadow would bring healing. 
Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. I mean, that's some supernatural things that are happening through the disciples. Um, now, that type of thing does happen today as well. Maybe not as significantly or as powerful, but, but I've seen it happen. Some of you have probably have some stories as well. One of the stories that I have was we were in El Salvador a couple summers ago, and uh, we were with a, another church from Costa Rica, a vineyard church, and they had a, a young lady that I'm pretty sure had the gift of healing um, because we went from house to house and prayed for people for healing, and most of them were healed. It was pretty amazing. One of the, the situations, one of the stories was this little girl. We went into this house, and this little girl had a sore throat, and you could just see the sickness in her eyes as well. And so uh, we said, is there anything we can do? And they're like, well, she has a sore throat. Can you pray for her? She's probably about eight, nine years old. So we prayed for her for a while. And then we said, hey, how's your, how's your throat? And she goes, it still hurts. Nothing. No, no difference. <laughs> like, Whoa. OK. So we prayed some more. And, uh, and she said, and we said, How, how's your throat? She goes, well, it's a little better. This is all through an interpreter, because my Spanish isn't very good. So we had to have an interpreter. Um, so we prayed a little bit more. And uh, we had her take a, a, a drink of water then. And she took a drink of water. And her eyes lit up. And she just started smiling. And you could see that the sickness had left her. And all the pain was gone. And that was significant to me, because you know, sometimes you have these doubts. Well, did their headache really go away? Are they just telling me that it went away because I'm standing here and it feels awkward or whatever? But, you know, kids don't lie. I mean, she was just like, no, it still hurts. And then when it was healed, it was healed. It was really, really neat. And then other times, I've seen God give me supernatural words for other people. It's called words of knowledge. And, and for me, Many times the way that works is that it's actually just a word. <laughs> you know, it's, like, it's not like a sentence. It's just like a single word. And I remember one time I was at a, a, a ministry, uh, was at a, a church service, and they were do, it was an evening service, special service, and they were doing ministry time and praying for people. And I walked up to one uh, young adult who was down praying, and I felt like God gave me one word for her. And I said the word purpose. That was it. And as soon as she heard that word, she just started bawling and crying. And the reason was because God had been speaking to her about purpose. She'd been praying about having purpose. And God basically, through me, said one word to let her know that he heard her. That was it. Just encouraged her. We don't have time to talk about all the different gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, but if you want more information, go to Romans chapter 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Those are two uh, chapters in the Bible that really list them out. And then uh, I would also encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 14, because that talks about the order of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not chaotic in any way. So you can read chapter 14 as well. Now, my hope is next year that we'll actually do a class on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we'll talk through each one of them. It'll, it'll take several weeks to do that. Certainly can't take the time today to do that. All right, but let me get on to point two. So that was number one. We should want the gifts of the Holy Spirit because he equips us with supernatural power. 
And by the way, the, the hardest part of teaching this message was that I could only brush on it. You know, I could just start talking about it. Number two, though, is we should want the gift of the Holy Spirit because he equip, equips us with boldness. Equips us with boldness. Now, I want to talk about Peter again. Because, you know, if you read Peter through the Gospels, he's kind of a wild child, all right? He has no filter. He says things before he thinks about it, you know, makes a lot of mistakes. One of the things that he said was, Jesus was saying that I'm going to die. Um, he was telling the disciples to prepare them. And, and Peter's like, well, then I will die with you. You know, just like, I'm in there. I will die with you. And Jesus just knows the, tr the future. He knows what Peter's going to do. And so then a few chapters later, Jesus is arrested. It's before he's crucified. They take him in to the high priest's courtyard and the, the soldiers are surrounding him and Peter follows in the dark, all right? So Peter then walks into this courtyard and he's confronted. In Luke chapter 22, a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, this man was with them. Well, Peter, this is the guy who said he was gonna die with Jesus, but he denied it. He says, woman, I don't know him. He said, a little later, someone else saw him and said, you are also, you also are one of them. He said, man, I am not. Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, he's just denying this because he's afraid. Now, after Jesus dies, Peter leaves the ministry. I mean, he was kind of like the second in command, you know, one of those guys with Jesus, but he leaves and he goes out, goes back to his old occupation, which was fishing. Just went back to fishing. Oh, I don't know what else we're going to do. I'm going to go fishing. And Jesus appears and reinstates Peter, which is kind of a cool story. Um, and so then, then we read about what happens when the day of Pentecost comes with Peter and and we read about him preaching that first message, which is kind of a big deal, and 3,000 people get saved. Then we read about where Peter, you know, heals the crippled man, and that's a big deal. But he gets arrested because he heals the crippled person. And so now his life is on the line because he's, he's healing in the name of Jesus, and they're like, don't talk about Jesus. We killed him. We don't want to hear about that. And so we pick up in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. It says, then Peter... You just listen to the difference between denying to a little girl that he even knew Jesus. He says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. I mean, that's some boldness, right? He's threatened and he's let go. He joins together with the other disciples and he's thanking and praising God. And in verse 31, it says, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Peter's boldness increased tremendously through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, God wants us to be bold as well. 
He wants us to be fearless. There's a scripture that speaks to that about boldness. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7 says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We're talking about the Holy Spirit within us. I love the way that the King James says, verse 7, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God does not want us to walk in fear. He does not want us to be intimidated. He wants us to walk in boldness. And I've been there. I've been in those places where I'm afraid to say something, to share my faith, to acknowledge that I'm a pastor. But the spirit inside of me won't let me be silent. Most of the time, I have to acknowledge who I am. Spirit of God can make you bold. So here's a question. You can fill this in on your handout. It's a question to ask yourself. When is the last time I shared my faith? When is the last time I shared my faith? Or maybe another way of saying that, when was the last time I was bold about my Christian faith? So if, if, if it's been a while, maybe what's lacking in your life is some of the power of the Holy Spirit to make you a little more bold or maybe a lot more bold in walking out your faith. I know it's something that I count on. I rely upon it. That's point number two. We should want the gift of the Holy Spirit because he equips us with boldness. I'm going to invite the Holy or invite the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up here. Uh, but I want to share an opportunity with you. So, you know, we're talking a lot about like receiving more of the Holy Spirit, being equipped by the Holy Spirit. And so this Friday night, we are having a, a first time we're doing this, it's called a More Holy Spirit Night here at the church. It's at seven o'clock. And uh, as, as you can tell, we don't have a lot of time to, to dive into these things here on a Sunday morning. So on Friday night, we're having uh, a special worship uh, guest team lead us during our time of worship. And then we're also having the prophetic ministry team from the Vine Vineyard Church in Goshen come on up here, and they are going to introduce us to prophetic ministry as well. And we're going to take some time and just wait upon the Holy Spirit and invite the Holy Spirit to be part of it. So that's this Friday night at 7 o'clock. Hopefully you guys are able to come to that. You know, guys, there are a lot of churches out there today a lot of faiths that believe in God the Father. You know, the Jewish faith believes in God the Father. But there's less churches that believe in Jesus the Son, like the, the Jewish faith doesn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. But there, you know, most Christian churches in the United States today would believe in Jesus the Son. But there's even less that bring in the third part of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. And so I'm not sure how to do this right or how to do it well, but I just want you to know we're going to try. We're going to try to lean into and invite the Holy Spirit to be part of our church body, be part of our daily walk, to be part of our lives. I mean, Jesus said it was better 
for him to leave us than for him to stay because the Holy Spirit was better to be in our hearts and to empower us and equip us. So this last song that we're going to do is just a statement. It's a statement that I want to make as a church leader, and I'm hoping that you want to make it as well. But it's a song about the Holy Spirit. And it's a song that has a, a verse in it that just says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. So if you would, just join me. Everybody stand. And we're going to just sing this song and just invite the Holy Spirit to be part of Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Oh, just one second. Rose has something she wants to share. So this morning, I was asking the Lord what he wants to do for ministry time. And he said, he gave me this picture of a pot that is cracked. And when a pot cracks, I actually just put chili in the crock pot yesterday. And I didn't know it, but my pot was cracked. And it leaked. <laughs> and, and so he gave me this picture of a pot that is cracked. And, when it, and you know when something is cracked, it leaks, right? That's the same thing with us as humans, as people. We are imperfect people. And because life happens, we are broken and we are cracked and we leak. We leak. We get filled with the Holy Spirit. When we accept Jesus into our hearts, the Holy Spirit comes with Jesus. That's what the Bible says. But because we are humans and we are broken and we are cracked, we leak the Holy Spirit. So this morning, the Holy Spirit wants to fill you up. And he might even want to seal up some of those cracks with his power so you won't leak as much. It's the way life works. So this morning as we sing this song, I want, you to, I want to invite you to come forward, to kneel, to stand, to lay down, do whatever you feel like you need to do in order to be filled with more of the Holy Spirit. Welcome him in. I'm telling you what, do you want a hand saw? Do you want a chainsaw to go through life? What do you want? I want a chainsaw. Because that is a lot more productive than a stinking handsaw. Right? Let's get real here. Who wants a chainsaw? I want a chainsaw. So let's get more of the Holy Spirit. Like, seriously. That's what he does. That's what he's here for. I would not be where I am today without the Holy Spirit, period. I would not be standing in front of you today without the Holy Spirit, period. So if you want more, come on up. And the prayer team, Clint and I, we may lay hands on you and just pray over you, invite more of the Holy Spirit to come.
and let's do it. Let's get the chainsaws out. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.